Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. It's easy enough to break metal, but is there a way perhaps to make it look after itself? Now, the fatigue and the damage of metals is what makes modern life so difficult. Why bridges and cars and phones all break over time. But if there was a way for metal to self-heal itself, to recover from fatigue, just like humans do, that would be amazing. But it's surely science fiction, right? If you ever held a paperclip, in your hands and then started to fold it backwards and forwards. What will eventually happen is that you'll fatigue that joint and it will snap off. Now, this is really useful for maybe untying something that's stuck or perhaps not that helpful if you're trying not to break something, but it's a function of the way metal works. There are limits to how a metal can hold itself together once a metal gets past a certain limit, it starts to stretch and elongate out. This ductile point is pretty important. You've yielded it, it's given up, it's not going back to the way it was before, but it still has a little bit more to give. This can be actually used to a lot of advantage. We actually make metals with certain properties and ductility and yield points to take best advantage of this fact. The fact that we have wires, for example, often relies to the way in which we stretch out things like copper. But these properties of metal also have another way that they can fail, because you can actually wear out metal, get it past a fatigue point. And fatigue is really interesting, because when you look at all types of metal structures, whether that be a bridge to an airplane, to even a circuit board connecting to inside your phone, these can all have joints of different types, bonds of types of metal that can fatigue and wear out. The solder holding down the pins on a socket where your charger plugs in or a headphone jack, these can come, for want of a better word, unglued because of the constant plugging in and plugging out of your charger on your phone or your headphones in the socket. This is one of the reasons why manufacturers tried to get rid of them. But if you're not a mobile joint like that, something where there's force in and out. You can still be something like a bridge, and a bridge has to carry load. That load changes over time, and this loading and unloading of that bridge, or moving loads or vibrations, this causes fatigue in a joint, or these joint sections of a bridge. And this is one of the reasons why bridges need a lot of active monitoring and repair. Same thing goes with planes. Now, one thing that can help increase the amount of fatigue is certain geometries. If you have a hole that is rectangular as opposed to round, it creates a stress concentration in an area, a corner, a sharp point, where actually fatigue is most likely to generate because the forces are highest around that little pointy bit. And this can cause cracks, micro cracks that appear in the structure of the metal that then spread out and spread through the metal, ultimately leading to failure. In airplanes and boats, there's a tremendous number of cases where some of the first ships with nice glass windows, planes fell out of the sky. Well, the planes fell out of the sky because they had square windows installed. And these square windows all had square casings, and these square casings had stress concentrations. And as a result, well, disaster struck. And that's one of the reasons why planes have round windows, is to minimize that amount of stress on the plane surface. 
Now, this is a pretty serious way that machines, bridges, planes, even simple devices can wear out. Repeated stress or motion causes these microscopic cracks to form, and over time, one crack jumps into another crack, and then they spread across the structure until ultimately the whole thing breaks. Now, we call this type of failure a crack failure or fatigue failure. And these are all kinds of fractures that can occur. And it's normally cyclical loading that leads to the first cracks forming or some microstructure deformity or some really high stress concentration. But all kinds of devices are subject to these from electronic devices in our hands to vehicles and infrastructure. And the economic impact thus of these types of failures billions of dollars every year if you looked at how many types of things there are out there with metal involved that could fail with repeated cyclic loading well you pretty much named most devices in the world now this is why researchers and material scientists in particular are always trying to investigate fatigue to understand how to better manage it and improve it and that's one of the most amazing things about fatigue is we're always continuously investigating how to design better materials to get higher strength and design better products and processes to minimize the impact or likelihood of these cracks forming. But what happens if the material itself, how can we help the material to look after itself, to even, dare one might ask, fix itself in the time of crisis? And Department of Energy researchers from the Sandia National Laboratories along with researchers from Texas A&M, just published in the journal Nature with lead author Christopher Barr about a really, really strange occurrence they managed to capture in the laboratory. They managed to see a type of healing, self-healing of the metal structure, a crack putting itself back together. researchers managed to capture and when I say capture I mean literally watch it happen it's a really stunning process when we talked about these micro stress fractures and cracks that occur when a metal is being fatigued and weird well normally you expect them only to get bigger one crack gets larger and larger and larger jumps and join with another crack and then you have a really large crack and then the whole thing gives way cracks in metals basically only ever expected to get bigger never smaller it's like a fundamental principle. Even the basic equations used to decide and design, calculate crack growth doesn't even possibly account for how you could have uh, negative growth. Obviously, you know, the mathematics suggests it's possible, but it doesn't make any real practical sense. Now, in 2013, Michael Demkowski, an assistant professor from MIT, now a professor at Texas A&M, had been trying to understand normal things in material theory. He published a new concept based only on computer simulation that said, well, surely under some certain conditions, metal should be able to, given its intrinsic material properties and the right forces and being present, a metal should be able to weld shut back cracks that manage to form from wear and tear. Now, this theory, this discovery came from part of a study at the Department of Energy at and Los Alamos National Laboratories. They, they weren't really looking for it, but when they found it, well, they did find some old evidence for it. Now, what the researchers were running, researchers like Khalid Hattar and Chris Barr, both working at University of Tennessee and New Department of Energy's Office of Nuclear Energy, they're running a pretty basic experiment at Sandia. 
They're only meant to evaluate simply just how cracks are formed and watch them spread through a nanoscale piece of platinum. And watching that using a specialized electron microscope technique that they developed to repeatedly pull on the ends of the metal 200 times per second. So they had this metal, a piece of platinum, a thin piece, and they put it under a really good microscope and they basically were pulling it, pulling on the ends of it 200 times a second, which is incredibly fast. Now, that kind of rapid pulling of something would obviously lead to fatigue and cyclic loading. But surprisingly, about 40 minutes into the experiment, the damage, the cracks that they're watching form started to reverse direction. One end of the crack actually fused back together, simply like if it was walking backwards through the steps that it took, retracing the path that it created, ultimately leaving really no trace of the scratch in the place. And over time, the crack regrew actually along even in a different direction, which is totally unprecedented, totally bizarre. Now, this was for the researchers something that they literally had visual evidence of it occurring, not a theoretical concept, something that didn't make any sense based on current understandings, model of crack formation. But fortunately, Boyce remembers reading this paper from Demkovitsk back in 2013, and Demkovitsk actually postulated that, look, theoretically, it should be possible for a metal to self-heal from a crack. And here, Unwittingly, Hatar and Boyce had actually managed to capture that inaction. That wasn't what they were trying to study, but they managed to prove that just a formulated theory way back from 2013. Of course, this is a bit of a shock because, you know, Tekovic had only really done this in computer models. He never actually tried to test it in a laboratory setting. And that's what they had managed to do at the San Diego National Laboratories. Now, once they've done it once, they could then investigate it further. But a lot still is unknown about the self-hidden properties. Because really, what people would like to know is, how can we use this knowledge in a manufacturing setting? How can we make new materials that are self-healing? That would be fantastic to put on a bridge. Or maybe even to use as part of the manufacturing process in the creation of an object. Now, these are really cool findings. Really amazing things. And... We can see it happening in nanocrystalline metals in a vacuum, but that doesn't mean that can happen in conventional metals in the air. There is a big gulf between those two things. One is a very tightly controlled theoretical idea. The other is real world practical world. Now, it's shown that there are some odd conditions where metal can self-heal, but not. we don't really fully understand why. I mean, it does give a proof to the theoretical underpinnings put forward by Demkowski way back in 2013, but there's still a long way to go. Now, with this, it shows that maybe there's actually a proper experiment to be done here, actually exploring this, because remember, that's not actually what Bahar and Boyce were actually trying to do in the first place. Now, they were able to capture this amazing self-healing fracture on their microscopy technique, but they were studying something different. The experiment wasn't designed to really test Dimkowski's hypothesis really fully. They just managed to capture a proof of it in the first place. So there's way more work to be done. So this paper published in the journal Nature is sort of a starting point for potentially a new every investigation. A way to improve metals performance by getting metals that could heal themselves after they've started to crack and fatigue. At the moment, that's really only possible in a tightly controlled laboratory setting in a vacuum with a nanocrystalline structure and something pure like platinum. 
but it does show that this cold welding technique can be used to repair cracks basically autonomously the metal deciding to do it itself if the conditions are right i can't imagine a bridge healing itself like this automatically now or anytime in the near future but it is a very fascinating concept especially when you can think about how it might be applied to the manufacturing of objects plenty of times you cut away or take things off metal and then sometimes you actually have to add it back on because the thing you needed to get access to say like the middle but if there was a way for materials to help heal itself after a manufacturing process you'd end up with a lot stronger material at the end of it one that didn't have a whole bunch of cracks or stress or fatigue introduced it by the fact that you had to cut it or weld it or bend it into the shape that you needed to perform its function so there's a lot to be said here about investigating things that are purely accidental in nature the original idea was mathematically postulated and based on a computer simulation over 10 years ago and the actual proof was done in an entirely unrelated study and that's sometimes how science works ideas put out there as something that is maybe possible but we have to wait a long time to either the technology advances or we just end up coincidentally investigating something sort of near that topic to get actual evidence proof and in this case the actual proof required a really complicated microscopy technique and a lot of movement per second 200 of these cyclic loadings on a small wafer of platinum in a vacuum so not a simple test experiment that you would normally have in say a fatigue tester but nevertheless it's a pretty amazing story of how a long not that long really old theory was actually validated in the modern sense that helped perhaps inspire a whole new era of investigation in material science and development leader author in this paper was bar christopher bar published in the journal nature this has been the young scientist of australia's podcast lagrange point now, it's technically possible for materials like metal to self-heal itself from micro-cracks and fatigue, but you need the right circumstances for it to happen. Hopefully now we can discover more way. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.